Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Uh, my name's Mark. And I'm just so glad to have everybody here, especially welcome to all the family members and friends of, of the people who are going to be being baptized this morning. We're just honored to have you here, and thank you for coming and joining us this morning. I'm going to give a, a brief message about baptism, and I've got to be really careful that I don't back up too much. It's one of, my, one of my fears because I usually like to move around a little bit, so if I suddenly disappear, <laughs> sing hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe I need to be baptized again. <laughs> well, let's, let's pray and then we'll, we'll start. Lord, I'm just so grateful for everyone here this morning. Thank you for all of the folks who are going to be baptized this morning. Thank you, Lord. It's just a testimony to what you have done in their lives. And uh, we, we just thank you for all your kindness to us in so many ways. And we just pray you would speak to us through your word, by your spirit, and encourage us, Lord. Help me to share for a few minutes. And just thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There was a great evangelist called D.L. Moody, and he said this quote, which I really like. He says, when a man enters the army, he is a member of the army the moment he enlists. He is just as much a member as a man who has been in the army 10 or 20 years. But enlisting is one thing and participating in a battle another. Young converts are like those just enlisted. So when a young man or a woman enlists in the Army or Navy or Marines, they are a member from the moment they enlist. And the, the new recruit hasn't done a single thing. The Army doesn't require you to go through basic training before you enlist. All you have to do is sign up. That takes no work at all. But once you are enlisted, that's when the work begins. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, as the Bible describes Jesus Christ, when we believe that Jesus Christ is God, who always was God, the creator of the universe, who became a human being. He was born an infant, a helpless baby, a human being. He was the promised Messiah. And then he lived a life of perfect obedience to his Father. Jesus never sinned once. He always perfectly obeyed. He could have gone to heaven on his own merits. He didn't need to be punished. 
He's the only human being who has ever lived who didn't deserve to be punished with eternal punishment. But he lived a sinless life, but then he was crucified on a Roman cross, and on that cross, God placed all our sins upon him as if Jesus himself had done those sins. And then God poured out his wrath, his eternal furious punishment on Jesus, the punishment you and I deserved. He poured that out on Jesus in our place as a substitute. And then Jesus three days later rose physically from the dead because He had satisfied the Father's wrath and punishment for sins which resulted in death and would result in eternal death for all of us. But Jesus took that death for us. And He rose from the dead. And then He ascended into heaven 40 days later where He now reigns as Lord of lords and King of kings. And He said in His Word, that when we believe this, when we believe and put our trust in Him and turn to Him with all our hearts and call upon Him to be our Lord and Savior, He takes what He did, God the Father, because God placed His wrath on Jesus. God amazingly counts Jesus' life to us as if we had lived a life of perfect obedience. And God credits and counts the righteousness of Jesus Christ to us as if we had lived Jesus' life. And God now sees us as righteous as Jesus when we believe in Him. And that's the beginning of a life lived for Jesus. And that requires no work on our behalf. We don't have to try to be good and try to earn that because we could never earn the righteousness of Christ. He gives it. God gives us to us as a free gift. But then we begin a life of following Jesus as disciples. We should begin to follow Jesus as disciples for the rest of our lives. And so D.L. Moody said, a good many Christian people make this mistake. They think the battle is already fought and won. They have an idea that all they have to do is put the oars down in the bottom of the boat and the current will drift them into the ocean of God's eternal love. But we have to cross the current. We have to learn how to watch and fight and how to overcome. Did you catch that? D.L. Moody said, we have to learn. We have to learn how to fight. We have to learn how to follow Jesus and obey Him. We have to learn how to overcome. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 16-20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, which is what we're going to do this morning, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, 
to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, we baptize, and that is the beginning of a life of discipleship because Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So every believer in Jesus Christ should follow Jesus as a disciple all the days of our lives. It's not like we're, you're water baptized and that's it. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. No, this is just the beginning. This is a proclamation. These people are proclaiming this morning that they want to be disciples. Well, what, what is a disciple? Jesus didn't say, go into all nations and make converts. No, a disciple is a follower, a learner, a student who is seeking to become like his teacher. So what a disciple is, is we, when we become Christians, we're saying, I want to become like you, Jesus. I want you to change my life, and I want to learn to obey you, and I want to follow you through thick and thin. I want to follow you when I don't understand what's going on. I want to follow you and believe in you, and I want to act like you act. I want to be like you, Jesus. That's what a disciple is, and that's a lifetime process. When the twelve disciples were with Jesus for three years, they got to watch Him. They observed how Jesus treated the weak and the lowly and the despised in their culture. They observed Jesus when the Pharisees criticized Him and made fun of Him. They were watching Jesus. How is He going to react to these people mocking Him? They listened to Jesus. They'd ask Him questions. And He would teach them. They, they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that's, that's what we do all our lives. We're saying, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to love this person who just made fun of me. Teach me how to love these people who don't hate or who hate me or whatever. Teach me, Jesus. How, teach me how to love my wife. Teach me how to love my children. Teach me how to love my co-workers. How should I act at work? That's what a disciple is. And they would observe Jesus. And we observe Jesus too. We observe Him in His Word, in the Bible. We read how Jesus acted. We read what God wants us to do in different situations. And that is the goal of every disciple. It's to become like Jesus. That, that should be our goal in life is to become more and more like Jesus. Our goal as Christians is not to be successful. I want to be the biggest, most successful entrepreneur I can't know. Our goal in life is not to be successful. Our goal in life is not to be the greatest we can possibly be. Actually, Jesus said, whoever wants to be great should be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. Yeah, we, we should desire to be great in that sense. To be the biggest servants we can possibly be because that's what Jesus was. So our, our goal in life is not to be, and you, you young people, your goal in life is not to be 
the best player on your soccer team. I mean, that's okay if you are, and that's not a bad thing to want to be good at something and try to improve, but your goal in life should be to be the most Christ-like person on your soccer team. To be the most, the person who is most like Jesus. Our goal is not, should not be to be admired or to be cool. I remember hearing a man say, here's how you should think about your life. Think about what do you want people to say at your funeral? What do you want people to say at your funeral? Well, what we should want as disciples is to be for people to say, she was the most Christ-like person I ever knew in my life. Or he was the most Christ-like person I ever met in my life. If, if that's your goal, that's a great goal. We want to be like Jesus. And Jesus has that same goal for us. And the Bible says he works in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he transforms us day after day as we seek him and as we obey him. He is the one who is really doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not us in our own power making ourselves like Jesus. But as we keep our eyes on him, as we pray, as we ask for his help every single day, he makes us more and more like him. And it's a lifetime process. I, I need Jesus so much. I am so weak. I need his help so much. I, I need his help to, to obey him. I need his help to do every command that he has in Scripture. So I, I became a Christian when I was 23, 24. I'm 69. And I still need Jesus' help more than ever. I want to be a disciple. And that's what these people this morning, that's what they're going to be doing. They're beginning pro- proclaiming that they are going to follow Jesus for all their lives. They want to be disciples. A disciple, you know, a lot of professions have apprentices or on-the-job training. Residencies. Doctors, nurses, they take many college courses, but they learn most of their skills on the jobs, according to one source, working under more experienced professionals, electricians, plumbers. They take classes. They go through apprenticeships. Um, Would you want a plumber to come to your house and say, you know what, I've had a lot of classes on this. I've never actually touched a pipe in my life, but I've had classes on it. No, I wouldn't want someone who's walked it out. Would you want to go to a doctor who says, you know what, I've never, I've never done a surgery. I've watched plenty. Um, I've learned about them in books. Um, but I, I'm ready to open your heart up this morning. I'd say, um, can you get another one for me? <laughs> no, and that's what being a disciple is. It's a lifetime learning process to become more like Jesus. It's training. It's learning. Jesus says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
Elaine Eshelman started a, a class on the book of James this week, and she is focusing, one of the focuses is on James 1.22 that says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. See, Jesus says, teaching them to observe. That means do the word of God. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. So it's not just like we come and we hear the word on Sunday or we read the Bible, but then we don't do it. A disciple is one who seeks to do the word and obey Jesus. And baptism is a public proclamation of our faith in Jesus and our intent to follow Jesus as disciples. And so these People this morning are publicly saying, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I am intending to live my life as a disciple of Jesus. The, the moment we believe in Jesus, as I said earlier, God takes us and He plunges us into Jesus. He puts us into Jesus and Jesus fills us and the Holy Spirit fills us. We become one with Jesus. It's, I don't even, I can't fathom it, but we are more one with Jesus than the angels of heaven. We are one with Jesus. And that's partly what this baptism represents. They are plunged under the water. And we are identified, the Bible says, we are one with Jesus in His life, in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. We have a new life, the Bible says, the resurrection life. And when these folks come out of the water, it represents that they're coming out, that they've come out. It represents what Jesus has done in them when they believed, giving them resurrection life, new life, and new power and new desires to follow Jesus and obey Him. And so it's, it's something that we do in public. Back in Jesus' day, baptism was usually in public. In public places. Where there could have been Roman soldiers standing there watching the Christians being baptized. There could have been Pharisees and, and religious leaders who hated Jesus. And they see these people committing their lives. And they're saying, I am doing this publicly. This is not a secret. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I am letting the world know that I want to follow Him as a disciple. It wasn't private. So on the day of Pentecost, it says, So those who received His word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And that would have been a public baptism. And baptism is finally, it's a reminder to all of us that we should not only be disciples, but that we should seek to disciple others and participate in discipleship of others. And so, when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, He gave those commands to His church, to His disciples. And all of us should be involved in discipling others. And there's all kinds of ways that we can do this. Um, as parents, the Bible calls parents to teach their children about the Lord. That's discipleship. 
There's a women's Bible study, as I mentioned, that Elaine's teaching. And when you come to that, that's discipleship. And as you encourage others in the Lord, that's discipleship. Cynthia Snyder and Bonnie Rife go to a local prison and meet with women and talk to them about Jesus. That's discipleship. That's making disciples. Every Sunday morning, we have numerous people back in Kids Cove teaching children about Jesus. That's discipleship. That's making disciples. There's all kinds of ways we can do that. So many ways that we have um, students involved in an in a, uh, organization called Learning Tree and an organization called Seeds of Faith that are teaching children, and that's discipleship. You can disciple someone. I, I remember Andrew Walwork. Andrew Walwork got saved in college when another man offered to meet with him regularly and read through the Gospels. Just get together once a week and read through the Gospel of John. There's all kinds of ways to do that. We, have, we support Mike Kroll, who is one of the leaders in Crew in their work of discipling college students. We, we have a group, a, a group called Transform that meets regularly for our teens. And now we have a young adult ministry. And there's uh, a number of people involved in a ministry called Young Life, which is reaching out to high school students and college students. All those are ways we can disciple. And every one of us can pray, Lord, please show me how I can influence and disciple others for you. And, and there's all kinds of ways to do it. And that's, that's what we're doing this morning. We're, we're talking, we're looking at people who are who are saying, I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm committing my life to becoming a disciple of Him. And this represents what He's done in my life, giving me new life through His death and burial and resurrection. And I want to follow Him and learn from Him all the days of my life. And I want to take every opportunity I can to make disciples of others, to influence others, to share the gospel with others. There's so many ways to do that. We have fellowship groups in our church which we go and we encourage one another. That's part of discipleship. But that's what these folks are saying and that's what this is all about. And we want to pray that God will help them and help us to be disciples, to make disciples, to love others, to be like Jesus so that when we go to the next life, when we go to heaven that at our funeral, people will say, she was the most Christ-like person I knew in my life. He was the most Christ-like person I knew. So let's pray, and then we'll have our baptism. Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving us and saving us as a free gift that we don't have to earn just thank you, Lord, that you do that. You save us. And we also thank you, Lord, that you are so patient with us as we learn to follow you because we are all so weak. And thank you that you are very patient and you are changing us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray for these people this morning who are being baptized, Lord, that you would just powerfully fill them again and again with your Holy Spirit 
and that You would use them for Your glory, Lord, that they would lead lives that glorify You as they become more and more like You, Jesus. We thank You for them. We pray, Lord, that You would fill them with special joy this morning as they do this. Fill them with Your Spirit. Fill them with Your Holy Spirit and Your power and just let them know how pleased You are with them that they are doing this, Lord. And we all we acknowledge, Lord, this is all You're doing. All Your glory. No glory goes to us. It's all You, Lord. And we thank You that You are so pleased with these people this morning. We just ask You to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.